And you might have a parent who says, yeah, let's stop spending 200 a month on lessons and let's just look up songs on YouTube that you can learn. We don't want that to happen, but we have to step up and be that teacher to make a difference and to encourage students to come and do group classes or to continue online with their teacher because they're having so much fun. And I think it's worth sitting down and evaluating um, versus like, I got to do more marketing. I got to, I just got to have a better website. I don't think that's the answer. I'm Carly Walton, and this is the Teach Music Online Podcast, a show where you'll find tips and strategies for growing your music studio. I'm all about helping you automate tasks, grow through social media, and teach with only the best online tools. Welcome. I hope that you're having a fantastic day so far. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have been listening to the TMO podcast for a little while now, I would love it so much if you could head over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you're on your phone listening on iTunes, all you have to do is scroll down, tap those five stars, and you can just leave five stars or you could leave a little review with it as well. I absolutely love reading reviews that come in and hearing stories from teachers around the world who are finding episodes in this show helpful to you and your business. Inside the Teach Music Online course and membership program, we do coaching calls twice a month. And this Last week, we did a coaching session all about identifying your core values as a business and then crafting your vision statement. And it was such a fantastic session with so many great stories and insights from our members that I thought I would share it here on the podcast. (laughs) So we actually had a worksheet along with this coaching session. So I had to edit a little bit around going through that worksheet because you don't have that worksheet in front of you. So if you hear it cutting in and out a little bit or jumping, that's just because I had to cut some of the audio out. But I think you are going to gain so much from listening to us talk about how to think about your business differently, how to envision the future of your business and setting goals, how to get anchored in having that vision statement that changes over time, but that's something that helps keep you grounded. There are so many amazing insights and takeaways. We actually have one teacher share her a recent story where she moved a, she moved to a new state and she kept most of her students with her in this move and kind of her experience going through that as a business and she shares the whole thing in this episode. So there are just some really really great stories and I would invite you as you listen to us talking about values and your mission to really think about your business, to get a notebook out or if you're driving somewhere, maybe you have your phone ready to take a couple of notes. I want you to think about this seriously because if you can come up with a business plan, it's going to be a compass for you in your growth and in everything else that you do as a studio owner. It's it's going to help direct you. So I hope that this episode is kind of a launching point for you And if you have any other questions about this topic at all, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'd love to connect with you. My email is carly at teachmusic.online. And if you haven't yet listened to my free marketing workshop on having growth in your studio without spending money on Facebook advertising or Google advertising, 
go to my website today and watch that workshop. It's free. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long. And I walk you through a number of steps and ways that you can do some free marketing in your business. So if you haven't watched that yet, the web, my website is teachmusic.online forward slash training is that free workshop. Okay, let's dive into this episode today, this coaching call I did with our TMO members all on identifying your vision as a business owner. This session is about identifying your really your studio vision. And luckily, we all run a business that we enjoy and that we love. And it's not just about the income, which we do talk a lot about and teach music online, but it's about creating, um, creating a business that thrives, that is organized, that has goals, um, that has a purpose, that is fulfilling, that is all these wonderful things for you. And I really love this topic. That's why we actually talk about these exact principles in the very first phase of Teach Music Online, because it's so important to have to have vision. And unfortunately, it's really hard to do. Um, it can be something that we don't take the time for. Um, we're really good at teaching uh, off-the-cuff lessons with a brand new student or with a student we've never met. We're really good at that. We're not so good, or at least I'm not so good, at um, sitting down and thinking through how I think and what my long-term goals are and should be. And so this is a space kind of like, I want this to be a little bit of a working session where we'll talk about some ideas um, and help you create that compass for your business. And I promise, as you have more direction, um, you then find more fulfillment and you just feel like you can breathe a little bit more because you're not stressed out from day to day as much. You have this bigger picture. But as a business owner, I want you to think about, think back to what, when you first started teaching, why you're teaching, and look at this list. And I want you to write down 15 words. So take a look through this list. I'm just gonna read them out loud. And those that stand out to you, write them down and feel free to write as many as you want. Um, the goal for this exercise is actually to narrow it down to five, but first write down the ones that stand out. Accountability, achievement, advancement, adventure, affection, love, caring, belonging, challenge, change, close relationships, community, collaboration, competence, communication, competition, creativity, courtesy, decisiveness, democracy, dignity. And I'll stop reading and let you guys read through the rest. Cindy, do you wanna share one of the values that is standing out to you for your business? Um, well, I have a whole bunch. <laughs> Uh, but I, the first couple, obviously, I went down the alphabet. So uh, accountability, advancement, belonging, community, creativity, effectiveness. Yeah. Which one Which one is? do you feel like is current? <laughs> oh, right now? Yeah, um, for you. Definitely community. Um, I've created uh, uh, with the culture in the studio over this last year, for sure something I didn't have before uh, because I taught in a school. Um, 
I also feel like my students have advanced uh, more this year with all of the new components that I've been bringing into the studio because of the community uh, aspects. So can I ask, how are you, how are you creating community? What are some things you do? Uh, so on um, here in Canada, we have about five uh, Mondays that are affected uh, by long weekends. So this, this Monday right now is uh, actually a holiday Monday. So this coming week, I'm doing group lessons with the students where we are doing, uh, we're gonna discuss performance, uh, how we perform at the piano, we're gonna do or, or sing. Um, we're going to be doing, um, sorry, I have some games lined up that we're gonna do collaboratively. I use some Del Crow's uh, games for rhythm where they have partners. And I also ask them to bring all their whiteboards with them. So we'll be doing some theory review and some white board work. Um, and the kids love it because I have about 10 of them here and we'll break out into pods of either two or five and, and uh, they have lots of fun and they laugh and they learn and, and they look forward to coming. So I, I'm, I'm thrilled. Oh, great. That's so great. And are those, sorry, in person or online or both? Um, it has been online. It's now in person. So Awesome. It's so yeah. cool. Any other, anyone else want to share um, a value that that is resonated, has resonated with you as you've looked at this list? Lily. Hi, uh, Carly. Yes, I found uh, a lot. Mm, community collaboration, communication, creativity. I know it's a lot and wisdom and help to society. I think one, two, three, four, five. This is the five thing it, it popped out to be. Uh, I, so it's a little bit different than what I did before. So what I did, we usually run a recital in the college. So I feel it's people come here to watch us to play. So it's more for us, but right now, uh, I'm more interesting to collaborative with the local, like a church or a library. So what they need, we bring the student to their community and doing the recital. Uh, it's a it's a community recital. We do a lot of creative. Why is it wisdom? Because I make everyone can play piano right away. So I encourage each of them uh, how to play black key with the pedal and how to collaborative with uh, any family member or in the con or the, the the people who in the congregations, uh, like in the period, this recital, I just make everyone their noise, their clapping, become a part of our music. So the whole recital, it's not just a recital; it's wrap everything together. We're creating music, and the students love it because they feel the love from the community. They don't feel judgment so they can play the music with soul. And what is the wisdom? I have been doing this is I'm educated the, the student and their parents. They provide this the great gift for them to rest their life so they will have a music life. When they have any kind of situation, they have the wisdom to get out of those. For example, if they play a wrong note, it's an opportunity. If they fight with their family, we can create some music and they don't no longer fighting. Uh, so I this is I have a very clear thing. So wisdom, helping the society, uh, the society, everything gets better and better, no fighting and no argument. And also we're providing what the community needs. Ah, I think this is great. 
Totally. So good. And you're, you are, you are showing a perfect example of why this is helpful. When you have a word, you can then add meaning to it for your life and for your business. And you've just done that. Like when you saw wisdom, you thought, yes, like that is what I'm hoping to provide my students is wisdom. <laughs> pass, yeah, 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 some, yeah. Ha- pass some form of it on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So teachers keep, keep going through this while you're listening. Um, adding meaning to these words and you know one uh, well so many stand out to me but i love the word ownership um for for kids especially like taking ownership in their choices and especially when it comes to practice and you know we've all heard all of the the myriad of excuses and that's one thing i really try to in a kind way instill in my students is like when you choose not to practice let's take ownership in that and and move on and do better and i'm not mad but let's just admit to it <laughs> go ahead lily let's say something yes oh this is a word just uh, i have a new student today i just uh, uh, so, oh, I'm, i do something very different than other studio you can practice five minutes a week or one hour a week i understand all kind of uh, tri- uh, family situation yeah this is an ownership i would make them work but how how, how how far they go is your ownership is your choice yeah i think that's great this is oh the parents feel so happy what you know the the, the yeah so i so, so it's a big release for the parents because they don't have i help them the the student they will do in but independent for themselves yes i like this word but how can i shrink it down <laughs> yes yeah, so let's keep let's keep talking about that um okay take those 15 values, narrow it down to 10. And then from the 10, you narrow it down to five. And those are your five core values. Um, and I feel like you won't really get to those five until you start thinking of the definitions. When you start defining each one, you'll you'll feel which, which values you could talk about. Like wisdom is clearly one for Lily. Um, like some might stand out, but it's like, yeah, maybe that's a future value. It's not there yet, but I want that to be a part of my studio in the future. So we're going to keep moving, um, and I want to ask a couple of questions. So some of these questions to think about. um, Well, this is what it says. Your vision statement should do the following. Describe a major achievement. Focus on a condition that does not currently exist. Represent the dreams, hopes, and possibilities of those involved. So for us, it's our students. Be short to the point, easy to remember and relate to. Have a compelling and motivational nature to it. Hard to do all those things in a sentence or two, for sure. It's not easy. Um, But these are the questions that can be helpful when thinking about how to take those core values and and shape it into your vision statement. Um, And something else to realize is your vision statement is not something you're going to paint on your wall, like, or get engraved. It changes, like, probably twice a year it's going to change or even more often than that. It's just something to have to help you dream big and help kind of direct your goals. Um, Without it, we're kind of just like thinking on the spot. And I don't know about you, but my mood changes from day to day. And so some days I might be really negative about the future of my business and others super positive. So your vision statement really grounds you. So some of these questions to take notes on, um, what are the most influential trends in our industry? I, and actually, you can think about that in terms of maybe what are what are other resources for music education in the lives of the students um, that might be helpful and might not be helpful. Um, 
What are we doing? What is our unique contribution to the world around us? What is the impact of our work? How do we make money? Um, what does our organization look like? So for some of, some of us in TMO, that's hiring other teachers. Um, or it's assistance. I know one of our teachers has assistants who joins her on calls and helps assist. How do we handle good times? How do we handle hard times? There was a post we did, a discussion a couple of weeks ago that just said, what is the most challenging part of your business, running your business? And the top two, the first one was time management. The second top one was being professional in my business. And it really came down to how we react to negative negativity that comes from um, parents and students occasionally. And that is hard like that is that's something that's really tricky and i think having this vision statement can be helpful um because when that happens when things happen with a parent um that throws you off you can come back to this vision statement in what ways is our organization a great place to work what are our values that's what we're kind of going through how do we treat each other how are people recognized how do we know that the future of our organization is secure? Um, what is our organization's role in our community? So these are all things, questions to think about. As you are setting goals, and let's say one of your, one of your um, values is to provide wisdom. So you wanna provide your students with the wisdom to make good choices. Um, how do we measure that progress? Well, I would measure that progress by how, how the student communicates with me, what they're going through maybe, or maybe it's stories we hear from the parent, or maybe we just observe them in their life and we see that they're good people in the community. And that's how a very basic way we can, I feel like you can measure, um, your progress if you're achieving that value. Um, community, you know, Cindy talked about community. How do we measure that she's achieving her value of creating community? It's, well, it's really like logistically, how many people are showing up? Um, how many people are coming? How many people are coming back to your studio? Um, are friendships forming? Are are students doing wanting to collaborate and do duets with each other are you know you can start asking yourself those things like am i achieving that value in my in my studio maybe one of your values is you want to foster creativity and that means writing music and that means that it's not even writing music it's taking a scale and playing around with a scale and different rhythms you know so i think Take a moment, I'm gonna be quiet for like three minutes. <laughs> Take a moment and just write down next to your values how you might measure those values in your studio. So, and you don't need to do all of them. Choose three to five of those values and how you might measure the progress of those. So community. Um, I would say 95% of my students participate in, in the group lessons, which was, online the first time and it was a bit of a shocker sorry my clock's in the background you can hear it bing bonging anyways um the students loved it they talked about it later and they they then i had like when it was in person all of them showed up and so i'm 
under the impression that, you know, some students will cancel, nobody canceled. So that was great. Creativity. I have students who are want, who are composing and I'm, I'm wanting to do a composing club camp this summer because they are uh, coming to the lesson, wanting to share with me what they've created. And I am just thrilled because the music is something else. And collaboration, I have eight students doing duets. They've all been interested in doing that. I'll be having four or five duets at, at uh, my recital on June the 18th. And advancement, I have a number of students who are getting ready for the Royal Conservatory exams. So when you said to measure it that way, I'm like, oh, oh, yes, yes, it's, it's happening and I'm thrilled. And then as far as for collaboration goes, I mentioned to the students, all my students, the senior homes, we're not allowed to go into the senior homes and do presentations anymore just because of COVID and safety. So I asked them if they would be interested in doing a YouTube video presentation where they would talk to the camera, uh, introduce themselves, share a little bit about who they are, how long they've studied, what songs they would be playing, like as if they were talking to uh, an audience. And I had, I had eight students who wanted to do that. And so they recorded on their own, gave the videos to me and I put it together and I sent it off to the retirement home that my father was in. And um, it's great, it's great, I love it. You know, it, it, I, as you were talking, I just thought how lucky are we that we get to run businesses like that where it's so fulfilling. And yes, there's a lot of planning and a lot of behind the scenes. And like you have all joined a professional development course where you can become that way and something you said cindy earlier was they're all loving the new components you you're adding and what a yeah what a what a neat thing to kind of watch as you've added those things also as you were talking i thought okay so what are what is the next step for those values like you can really anchor your business in those and then looking forward go okay what are some other ways we can i can encourage advancement and collaboration and i think it's really cool the more you think about really anchoring um having some core values that help you set goals and help you look forward um Versus without it, I think we tend to do what other teachers are doing or maybe how we were taught um, instead of really thinking creatively. Thinking on the opposite end, um, what are some uh, what are some losses that we could face in our business or setbacks that you have faced? Um, and, and really addressing those mentally and making sure we're aware of them um, as a business owner. I think it's wise to be aware of them. Um, and do we have maybe a backup plan in place for those times? Let's say, you know, if there was a health crisis or something, we've actually had a lot of TMO members have health challenges and have had to teach from their bed. Um, and, and are you prepared for that if that were to happen one week? Um, if you are back to in-person, are all of your students able to go online at a moment's notice if needed? Um, you know, some of us have a hybrid studio, so your new students, you're taking only in-person. I think it'd be wise to make sure maybe you do online once a month just to be sure that they, they're still set up for it. Um, you know, 
what happens if you lose a one student? Are we are you going to be okay? You know, just kind of preparing yourself for those moments. I actually I'm going to put Kay on the spot because she just had a major shift in her life. And I just wanted you to share whatever you want to share, actually, Kay, about moving and how how your business has been affected or not affected by it. Well, thanks. So, <laughs> um, around December, January, my husband and I were talking about retirement. We're not, we didn't think we were really close, but we had settled on uh, moving from Texas to Oklahoma. And as we considered it more, we decided to go for it. So what became a goal for five to seven years from now is a reality today. So from the time we decided, which is mid-February until last week, I made plans to switch my entire studio from in-person to online. I had around 32 students at the time I decided to make the switch, which was early March. And I began communicating, I believe, sometime in late March or early April, I can't remember, to all of my students saying, here's what is going to happen. And Carly helped me with (laughs) wrapping my mind around how to frame that communication. So I had 32 students. I had about Um, I want to say six of them that either I decided or they decided they didn't want to go online. Um, Currently, I have 35 students on my roll. (laughs) So um, just from my current in-person students, plus reaching out to former students and adding some siblings, that is what's happened. So I've gone from 32 to 35. I begin teaching completely online on June 1. It's going to be crazy. That's so awesome. Can you share too, like, just a little bit about your mindset before our discussion and and what that shift was that really gave you the courage to just move forward with it without the, you know, hesitancy? I think that I had sensed such a strong preference for in-person lessons, and I think that's a rebound from COVID. and people getting tired of Zoom and all of those things. Um, I sensed sensed that and knowing that I teach a lot of young children, the preference there was very, very strong. So I was very worried that I would lose my studio. And to be honest, my mindset was not wanting to hear the negativity. I was kind of more... Like, man, I don't want, I'm dealing with a lot emotionally trying to get ready for this move. I don't want to have to deal with negative comments from parents. So um, after visiting with Carly, I just thought, you know what? I have a lot to offer. It doesn't, and my mindset in talking to parents and communicating was, hey, it's still me on the other side of the screen. I am still the, the teacher, the person for your child. And the way that I do it is going to work. I don't know if that answered your question. (laughs) Yes, it did. It did. And and that's really what we had discussed was um, removing the option for them to to find another teacher. And I think what we talked about was really 
okay, like you're offering them to keep taking lessons from you. That's great. Like that's great news for them. They don't have to go through the hassle of finding someone else. So kind of approaching it as like, don't worry, everyone. We, I'm taking care of you. I'm taking care of it. And guess what? We get to continue this. You don't have to go find another teacher. I think, too, um, my personal experience in 2016, I moved um, from one Texas town to another. I didn't even consider online. And I lost all my students. I started completely over. Um, and then in 20. 18, I moved again back to the same place and I took nine students online with me. In short, I have seen what Carly has said. People either A, don't find teachers. They just drop lessons. They really do. Or B, and I don't want this to sound arrogant, they find someone that doesn't click with them. They have a bad experience and they stop. And you know, I feel uh, still a bit of hesitancy with some of the students that have decided to not continue with me because I think they're going to have trouble. I know they will. And that's just life. Parents don't realize how hard it is to find a teacher that connects with their child. And so uh, that really fueled me, Carly, to say, hey, I do have it and I can make this lesson experience work online and it can be effective. And so thankfully, a lot of people agreed with me. <laughs> well, and congrats to you. I, you know, I've been following your story and I think it's such a great example of teachers wanting to do exactly what you just did, but feeling that exact, those exact same fears, the exact same emotions because we're human and it's your business. And there are going to be moments where you feel like, what am I doing and how will they react? And it sounds like you just did everything right. <laughs> I know, Lily, you've had a lot of shifting in your business and you've kind of gone from doing webinars to doing teaching. Tell us about where you're, where you're at. Yeah. I think I have a new shift. It's I kind of have a similar situation with Kay. I really want to move out of teach in person in my local business. I want to do more online uh, to recruit online students in the United States or anywhere. So that's a big, will be a big shift for my studio. Yeah, I, I also have the same fear. Yeah, because lots of students would not like that, but that's a great way to increase my rate. Yeah, so something to share. Now, thanks for, uh, okay, share to us. Very helpful. Lily, are you working with students in mainland China and local? Yeah, yeah. I teaching student online, uh, main, mainland online, and I also teach student in local uh, and the college job. But I'm going to drop some local uh, jobs to recruit more online student in, in China or in the U.S. at the location. Got it. Well, and yeah, I guess you can drop your local or you can just announce you're going online and seeing see if they, they'll stay with you first before you drop them if oh, no, you want to no. keep them obviously i want to keep them but i need to raise the rate local i still need to give them That's, a little bit it. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so tricky i know you're you're in a tricky area where you know you have yeah. the, that competition with the professors there i remember this is where you craft your vision statement um and 
I am not going to say it should only be a couple of sentences. Um, that's up to you and how like how you really want to narrow it down. I would say at a minimum, open up a Google Doc or wherever you take your notes and just brainstorm the heck out of all these values and all of these fears and craft a paragraph that you feel like represents you currently and and currently where you want to be. Um, and then maybe at every January we can revisit those vision statements and get and look at them and go, okay, am I achieving those values? Um, am I pushing myself to find fulfillment because we don't ever want to become complacent or just um, I don't know routine in our business and not that I think any of you are um, or anyone in Teach Music Online is, but how do we kind of keep it alive so that you don't get bored? Um, Anna isn't here with us, but she has an amazing story of she was teaching for many years and was feeling a little burnt out and um, not keeping an active studio. I think she said she she was either losing students or she just didn't have as many students as she wanted and was just totally burnt out and just like not enjoying it, not having fun. And then she decided to start adding in different methods and incentives into her studio. And she kind of completely reworked how she taught. Um, and she added activities and method, different method books and really like studio-wide incentives. And she said in that next year, she filled her studio and built an, like a huge wait list of students. Um, and she really points back to that moment where she actually was considering quitting and going into a different career because she wasn't enjoying it. Her students weren't enjoying it. They were leaving and she wasn't. And, you know, that that shift where she recognized something needs to change. Um, and for teachers listening to the replay, there, there might be some teachers in that situation where you're going, I only have four students and I've been working on my marketing for a year. I would say to you, something's got to change. <laughs> like, I, it comes down to how you teach and are you providing an amazing experience for your students. If you are not, we won't get referrals and our marketing will fail because we don't have stories to share. We don't have stories. We don't have experiences. We don't have anything to share if our students aren't enjoying or progressing or having fun. Um, unfortunately, and and we're now in a world where we are competing with those trends. Um, we are competing with YouTube and you might have a parent who says, yeah, let's stop spending 200 a month on lessons and let's just look up songs on YouTube that you can learn. We don't want that to happen, but we have to step up and be that teacher to make a difference and to encourage students to come and do group classes or to continue online with their teacher because they're having so much fun. And I think it's worth sitting down and evaluating um, versus like, I got to do more marketing. I got to, I just got to have a better website. I don't think that's the answer. I, I love that example of, of Anna recreating her studio, really. And that amazing example that it was. Yeah, Kay, go ahead. Well, just to say that I maybe didn't fill in that after I did the in initial communication with my students, I had to figure out how, what actions am I going to take? So yes, I want everyone to be online, but just sending an email is not going to do it. So I personally called everyone 
I felt phone calls and talking to people was important. And I set up online demonstrations because it had been a while since we had been online. And it, we had all done online on Zoom. And so I switched to musicology and I said, we are going to test this out and we're going to see how it goes. And so it was a lot of extra work. So there were, there were action steps besides just sending an email and a communication and changing my mindset that kind of got me and follow up conversations. So I like the example that you gave um, uh, of Anna doing those things that changing methods and just, you know, marketing is great, but sometimes solid action is what it, what helps our studios. Thank you so much. Yes, I totally agree. Um, what action steps to follow up the motivate or the excitement or the, the change in mindset? What can we do? What, what things can follow up? Um, it's adding those little things to our studios. Um, that's one thing we talk about in Teach Music Online is filling your studio with a value. And when you fill it with value, you can charge more. And I think you get more referrals um, because you're different. You're different than the teacher who just does the local exams and I don't know, or maybe more strict or I don't know. Um, or maybe that's their thing is exams and they add value in other ways, but it's finding things to add. Um, Cindy, actually, I'm going to put you on the spot. How do you feel like you've added value since going online? Because it's different when you're online, like with, with your students that are online or when they were online, how were you adding value to keep them like excited about lessons? I did incorporate um, apps. I the apps that you recommended in, in TMO, I did do those with the students. Um, I, I have since switched to Forte Lesson, and I have to say I'm able to play with my student, the duets. That was the one thing I Really? Missed. Yes. Awesome. It was, I mean, there is a little bit of a delay, but it's not like Zoom. So... <laughs> Um, I had a student play the treble clef, they, like when they're learning a song, they'll play the, the right hand and I'll, and I'll join in the left hand just, and we'll count out loud. And anyways, we, I said, Hey, we're going to try this in Forte music. And so we tried it and it worked. And, uh, anyways, I, I tried to do, I would ask questions. We would, they would play their song for me. I would, um, I had the cameras you recommended. So Visually speaking, they were able to see different angles for my hands. Um, I tried to engage them with, with games that would happen in and throughout the lesson. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that, that they, they all uh, transferred quite well. Like I, I didn't have students who would just tap out on me um, in the lesson. Often the parents the one thing I like about online lessons is often the parents are there in the background and they can hear. And uh, if the, if the child's having a bit of an issue, I go, mom, I need my little helper. And so, you know, the parent would come and, and replace the child's hand where it needed to be. But I would say it was just everything in TMO really directed my lessons to be successful mm -hmm. online. That's great. I just love hearing like the how different teachers um, do things differently or, or what you find is helpful, you know, like 
Yeah, it's so cool. It's, that's something I really love about online too, is I feel like the, the parent is always has a listening ear and they knew when the student hadn't practiced, like, cause, or you're texting, if not, you're texting the parent saying, so-and-so sounds like they had a hard week or they were busy. Can you help them practice? But if they're in an online lesson, they just know because <laughs> they can hear the stumbling around or the not knowing their scales. It's always way better, I feel like, when they're able to hear. Um, and then the last page says the power of purpose. And it looks like we are just um, deciding if we are really having meaning in our business. Do I feel that my work makes a difference in this life? Do I make worthwhile contributions to others? Will I leave a legacy that I can be proud of? Do I consistently look for positive growth opportunities? Let's see. There's a few more that I can't see because I'm in the way. Am I taking the ne necessary risks to stand behind my values? I love that question. Do I have a big audacious dream? Am I fully aware of my unique talents? So in closing, um, as you're thinking through your values, I'm thrilled that so many of us are happy with where we're at, but I also want you to think about where you can go. Do you have a dream of hiring other teachers? Do you have this dream of writing books for your students and getting into composition? Do you want more of your students to go to certain competitions or more of your students to be interested in composing? Do you yourself want to get, get into playing jazz or improvisation or what things do you feel like would add color to your teaching and to your life? Because that's just, I don't know, it just makes life so much more fulfilling and keeps things interesting. Um, and I'm like, I don't know, I feel like I'm speaking to the most incredible teachers right now. So you have, lots of you have way more years of experience than I do. Um, and, you know, I admire so many teachers in TMO who are doing amazing things with their students and as business owners. So collectively, these are things that we all can be thinking about. I hope that listening to that replay from our coaching call was helpful for you and that you gained some insights for crafting your vision statement as well. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are ready to take your business to the next level and to really start taking ownership of your business and not just letting your business happen to you, come and join us inside Teach Music Online. I cannot tell you how many teachers are so grateful for the roadmap, for the direction, for the coaching sessions, and for the incredible community that we have that gives them a place of belonging, but also just gives them the roadmap they need to know what to do next in their business and to not just be grabbing from the air going, hmm, I guess I can work on marketing today. No, that's not how a, a smart way to run your business. So come and join us inside Teach Music Online if you've been considering it. What a great time of the year, the summer months when you have a little bit more time to really get clear on your vision and have have some serious growth in your business and fill those spots, fill your waiting list and have some fun while you're doing it. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you guys next week. Who is your business coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I created a virtual course and coaching membership called Teach Music Online that I want to invite you to join me in. 
with 60 plus videos, online teaching certification, monthly live group sessions, hundreds of hours of recordings, and online forums, you'll know exactly how to create a thriving online business that gives you the flexibility and freedom that I know you deserve. Plus, you'll have the support of hundreds of like-minded teachers along the way. So when you're ready to really take what you're learning on this podcast to the 10x level, then come check out the Teach Music Online membership at teachmusic.online forward slash membership. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing week and as always, happy teaching.